Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, welcome to the podcast. Uh, you know, sure, it's not the daily, but then what again? <laughs> kind of is. Is the daily. Uh, we talk a little bit about Dominion and what's happening with the uh, ballot count today. Also, we uh, we went into something that's really, really important. There was a lawsuit in California that has kind of put a lid on Gavin Newsom. And it is good for freedom lovers. We'll see what happens. He says the same thing that... The Michigan governor has said she's just going to go around the courts and she'll just use her own power to do it in other ways. We'll see. Is freedom on the rise or is it being slowly crushed to death? Also, let's be more like France. Uh, Yeah, actually. We tell you why coming up in uh, just a little while. Nick DiPaolo joins us. Also, Janice Dean, an amazing story of what Cuomo has actually done and how many people he's actually killed in the state of New York. Don't forget to go to blazetv.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn. Uh, you get 30 bucks off your subscription. You get access to not only uh, the radio show, or you can watch live every day. Uh, also, Glenn Beck's TV show, which is uh, coming up uh, tomorrow. Yep, good one on Georgia and what the choice is in front of Georgians. This huge one, huge, huge story that people are not paying attention to, and that follows a brand new Stu Does America as well. So make sure to check it out, blazetv.com slash Glenn. Promo code is Glenn, 30 bucks off. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Jeff Brown is a uh, frequent guest on this program when it comes to technology. He's the founder and chief investment analyst for Brownstone Research. He's the editor of The Bleeding Edge. Uh, and I've kind of asked him to step out of his expertise in some ways. He's not an expert on voting machines, but he is a tech expert. He spent 25 years as high technology executive. He's worked with Qual- uh, Qualcomm, uh, NXP, Semiconductors, also Juniper Networks. And I asked him uh, on Friday, tell me about the Dominion voting system. So he's gone to work over the weekend and over the last few days, and he's been doing his homework and uh, and looking for the the odds of this being us being able to easily compromise the Dominion system. Jeff Brown joins us now. Hello, Jeff. How are you? Hi, good morning. So you went, you started just using the user's manual. You went and read the, God bless you, man. You went and read the user's manual. Well, it's, it's not very exciting reading, but it's a great place to start. Um, uh, obviously, it's, uh, it's accessible directly from uh, Dominion, and we can see how the company uh, essentially uh, manages uh, the voting machine and, of course, uh, the security of uh, the election process uh, through its own technology. And uh, it also uh, goes to pretty detailed lengths to um, identify (laughs) how much risk is actually involved. 
um, in its own system, which uh, might seem counterintuitive. Uh, yeah. So, first of all, is can you access the voting machines easily? Can somebody from the outside with nefarious intent access these? Uh, so the, the answer to that is absolutely. Um, now, there's some caveats. Uh, one is, is if we're talking about someone that's remote and not um, at the uh, uh, election or the polling center, um, uh, the machine would obviously have to be connected. And uh, as we learned um, in several instances, they were connected to the Internet. So if that, uh, in a situation like that, uh, people would be able to access uh, these machines with the right uh, credentials. Now, what's interesting, though, is that um, these machines are just like any computer that you or I would have. Uh, they have uh, what's called an administrative password. And uh, uh, people that uh, are in charge of managing these machines at the polling centers um, have access, uh, essentially administrative access to the machines. Anyone that has... Uh, the keys or the password uh, to gain administrative access uh, has the ability to modify, delete, alter, uh, change uh, election results. But how, how hard would that be? Uh, not hard at all. Um, in fact, uh, you know, as we look, as I uh, reviewed the, the security of the platform, uh, uh, Dominion outlines in its user manual uh, that uh, with access, um, a user uh, would have the ability to, uh, for example, tamper with the device configuration. They can tamper with election result files. They can uh, audit or change or manipulate uh, the audit logs of the Dominion system. Uh, they can even tamper with transmitted election results. Uh, so they can give one thing uh, uh, to the, the, the uh, Federal Election uh, Committee and uh, alter uh, the data that's uh, actually uh, on the uh, Dominion system. Now, what I found that was very interesting uh, is that the mitigation for many of these security vulnerabilities were to uh, implement, I'll quote, implement the proper process for access control for memory card handling and unit storage. So the solution <laughs> was simply for uh, humans, uh, i.e. people that were working at these polling centers, to protect the memory card, which is easily accessible on the side of the machine. So, wait, so could, could you take the memory card change it and put it back or could you swap it out with a preloaded memory card both the the only security mechanism to secure the memory card is one of those small little plastic strings that is supposed to provide evidence that there hasn't been any tampering but you can simply cut that off take out the memory card you could even switch the memory card and put a new um, kind of tamper-proof plastic uh, 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 string uh, back onto uh, the Dominion uh, system. Uh, it would be very easy to take one memory card out, put another one in. It would be easy to take uh, out a memory card, alter the data and the information on the card uh, before it was transmitted uh, for uh, final tabulations. 
so can you can you double votes or change or flip votes easily can you just go into the software and and do those things yeah so uh, again anyone that would have uh, administrative access to the dominion machine uh, could easily do what you just suggested and there's another mechanism um, uh, that could also be used after all this is a software platform and uh, the ability to uh, for example, uh, weight a vote. So uh, for every uh, one vote that's cast for one candidate, uh, two b- votes could actually be tabulated. Uh, Wait. And uh, what? a fraction of votes. You, you can <laughs> Why would you have, have that? What? Well, there's only one reason would be to manipulate the, uh, the voting results. Um, Dominion systems, I think, as you probably know, are used in some pretty... Uh, nefarious countries where um, legal elections are... Is this uh, in the owner's manual that you can set it to count one for two? No, this is just um, an example of what you can do with uh, programming the machine. But we read, as we saw, um, uh, in the... um, uh, that, uh, you know, it's been referred to as uh, software glitches or a malfunction or suddenly these machines uh, stopped counting. Um, uh, Obviously, um, uh, a a simple explanation, the most simple explanation could be that uh, obviously the software was being tampered with or uh, different software was being used uh, to to change the voting results. All right, so we have a motive, we have means, it could be done. But we don't have any evidence that anything was done um, at all. So we're kind of going this in the in through the back way. We're saying do they have means, motive, and opportunity? Yes to all those things. However, that doesn't mean a crime has been committed. Is there any way to easily go and look at these machines and audit and know? I mean, usually when you'll make a change to software, you make you you, you leave a trail. Yes, that's right. And so the answer is, is yes. Uh, the right thing to do, the right thing to do to get definitive proof would be to do a full software audit uh, of the software on the machines in these uh, swing states, you know, where um, uh, the, the voter fraud is um, heavily suspected uh, it, is, it would not be difficult to find uh, the part of the software code that has been manipulated to produce different results. That's the beautiful thing about software. It just does what it's told. Mm-hmm. So if it's instructed to miscount, then they can find, uh, a software engineer can find exactly where in the code um, uh, the software is that would cause uh, false or fraudulent uh, results. It would seem logical that we would, as a nation, want to do this after, before and after every election. That we would... Precisely. I mean, there's no... I don't understand why we're working with archaic software. There's, there's, there's no reason for any of this in today's age, is there? There isn't at all. And to make matters worse, worse it's almost as if the Dominion machines were designed to have several fail points... In other words, several major security risks. Why would you say that it was system. designed that way? Be, 
Because no one, if they were building a system or a network, whether it be for a corporation or a government, no one would design these many security risks into a system if they wanted to keep the data and information unaltered and safe. It, I'll use um, Dominion's own words for these different levels of tampering of, of audit logs or device configurations. They, they assign a risk rating. Uh, and in many cases, the risk rating is high. These are Dominion's own words. This is, do you have the security? Do you happen to have the do you happen to have the book in front of you? Because you said in the notes that I got that on mm. page like 400, 452 to four sixty nine, they outline in detail the high and medium risk that ballots can be tempered with. Correct. <laughs> yes. Page four hundred and fifty two. Tampering with device configuration. The risk rating is high. Uh, page 455, tampering with election result files. The risk rating is high. Tampering with transmitted election result files, on, also on page 455, risk rating is high. These are just a few examples. Why would from their owner manual. What, from what their would, own user manual. I understand why Texas would reject this. Why would anyone buy it? Why would anybody buy something? for elections here in the United States, unless you wanted to tamper. Why would anybody buy that? They wouldn't. I can uh, absolutely assure you that any, uh, for example, chief technology officer or chief security officer, they would never purchase a, a product with software that has all of these vulnerabilities for their business or their division of the government. It would, they would never do it. To pull something like this off, does it require, uh, what level of sophistication would it require? And, and how big of a conspiracy circle would it require to, to change the votes in, in swing states? Well, honestly, with, uh, uh, if the bad actor is an insider, in other words, they work for the polling station, as long as they have administrative access, uh, they, can, they can manipulate the votes. Um, this is, um, no, you know, the system is no different than uh, what consumers are, are used to in terms of um, uh, working with, for example, a Windows-based system. These are normal kind of user interfaces. You wouldn't have to be, with administrative access, my point is you wouldn't have to be a software engineer to do it. Um, now, if you were remote and connected through the Internet, then you'd have to have uh, a different level of skills. And especially if you wanted to go back and make modifications and then basically cover your tracks and modify the audit logs. Um, so the question you asked about whether or not mm -hmm. you can audit it, somebody that was really sophisticated and uh, wanted to do this on a wider scale uh, could literally also alter those audit logs. Now, why, you know, again, to your question, you can actually design the system so the audit logs couldn't be altered, but they've designed the system so that they can be altered. 
unbelievable. Jeff, thank you very much. Jeff Brown, founder and uh, chief investor analyst of Brownstone Research, also the editor of The Bleeding Edge. You can find him at his website, brownstoneresearch.com. Thank you, as always. Right now, everybody's around on the last curve and into the uh, next year and hopefully making plans to be spending time with family and friends, gathering and breaking bread together this holiday season. Seasons change. And I always think this time of the year is the best because it brings out the best in all of us. Well, no matter what your holidays look like, I can pretty much guarantee that you're going to benefit from having a rec tech because part of that best of this holiday is getting together for food and cooking every meal together and having it turn out just right. So whether it's grilling, smoking, or even baking, rec tech is going to rise to the challenge every time. With its amazing smart grill technology, the rec tech monitors everything you cook in it to the tiniest detail making sure to adjust the temperature as needed without you and you can control it entirely from an app on your phone or device so follow Rectech on all social media and sign up for their newsletter to get great recipes it's Rectech with a q at the end r-e-c-t-e-q.com you're listening to the best of the glenn beck program Janice Dean is the Fox News senior meteorologist. She is also the author of Mostly Sunny, which kind of, well, except for this hour, maybe, uh, kind of sums her up. Mostly Sunny. (laughs) Hi, Janice. How are you? Hi, Glenn. And hi, Stu. Thank you for having me today. Hey, Janice. Um, I am thrilled to meet someone that uh, is as upset as Stu is on Andrew Cuomo. I don't know how he gets away with what he has gotten away with in New York, but it's despicable. It's really despicable. Tell me how this story affected you before we get into all the stats. Well, my husband lost both of his parents to coronavirus. Um, His dad was in a nursing home. The plan was to have both parents in an assisted living facility close to where we are. Uh, And the backstory on that is his parents lived in a four-story walk-up in Brooklyn for almost 60 years. They didn't want to move. It was rent-controlled. We tried for many years to try to get them to move. Uh, They wouldn't listen to us. Uh, As they got older, they had more health problems. His dad was suffering from dementia. Uh, He was... his, His... health was going downhill very quickly. His mom had problems walking. She had to use a walker. We had aides coming into the the building, but my husband still had to go to their apartment. There were trips to the ER. It was uh, was to the point where we had to have 24-hour care for both of them. They couldn't Mm -hmm. take care of themselves. They couldn't take care of each other. So we found a, a great assisted living residence very close to us on Long Island. And the plan was to have them both together in a double room. His dad needed rehab because he had a lot of health issues. So we had to get him in better shape. Uh, and he was only there for a couple of weeks, Glenn, uh, and when the coronavirus came into play. And that was at the very end of March. We got a call on a Saturday morning uh, saying his dad wasn't feeling well. And up until this point where we're getting updates, he was doing fine. Both of them were doing fine. And the Saturday morning, uh, Sean gets the phone call that his dad isn't feeling well and that he's running a fever. And three hours later, he's he's dead. Holy cow. 
Yep. They call us to tell he, F, he died three hours after the initial phone call of saying he wasn't well. And because we were in quarantine, we couldn't go physically go see him uh, for, you know, at least a week and a half. We weren't able to go see him. Mm. We were trying to get regular updates. So we didn't find out that he had COVID until the death certificate. Mm. Um, and we didn't know that at this point that the governor was putting COVID positive patients into nursing homes. It was only after he died that I started seeing the reports. And I remember getting a phone call before he died from one of the aides that was taking care of him saying that they were moving him to another floor so that they could accept more patients. So that was mm-hmm. my first red flag. Yeah. Uh, and your husband's mom. Yeah. His, his, my husband had to call his mom to tell her that her husband had died. She hadn't seen him in, in many weeks. Uh, it was the hardest thing he's ever had to do. She got sick in her assisted living facility and was transported to the hospital. And we didn't know she had COVID until she got to the hospital. She died several days later. Um, and the other reason why I'm angry and I'm upset is because her number does not count because the governor will not count or at least won't release the numbers of COVID patients that got COVID in their elder care facilities, but died in the hospital. They're the only state that counts it like that, right? They're the only state that says if you got it at a nursing home, but you died in a hospital, it doesn't count. Correct. Uh, And there have been people trying to sue for this information. We were supposed to get the information from his health commissioner, Howard Zucker, uh, before the election, and then it was delayed until after the election. And now we're not supposed to get the total numbers until in January. So there, the Empire Center, which is a watchdog of sorts, uh, it has sued the governor and his health department for this information, because if we're going to go forward and we're getting into a second wave now, if we don't have the actual total numbers, that's a big problem. Do we have any idea of a guess, an educated guess? The, the educated guess is double what they are reporting. So the governor is reporting, I think, 6,500 deaths uh, in the nursing home facilities. And uh, what I am hearing, the estimates are at least double that when you include those that died in the hospital but got COVID in their elder care facility. Put this into perspective, Stu. Uh, what, are the, what are other states looking at? I mean, New York's performance in basically every category is worse than every other state. Um, The only thing, the only states that compete with New York are states like New Jersey, which was largely overflow from from New York. Um, You know, and and to show you how disingenuous Cuomo has been on this point. I mean, we all know that he imported covid positive patients into nursing homes. Right. And he also uh, will not tell everyone. Uh, what the actual total of, of nursing home deaths are. He won't say what they are. He, he will not report it. It's been months and months and months, lawsuits and everything else. But what makes him uniquely awful in every single way are things like this, where he uses the second point that he's only disclosing half the deaths as a defense for his initial policy. Because when you ask him about his initial policy of importing these patients, he says, well, look at our numbers. We're like 34th in the nation. Well, you're only 34th in the nation because you're lying about the total. 
which is documented not by just conservative sources, but all over the mainstream media, that this is has not occurred. They have not disclosed the correct number of patients. So, so he uses his lie to defend his policy that affected so many lives. It's it, it is it's incomprehensible how terrible he's been through this. So, Janice, how come the the lawsuits are not? winning how come you're not getting the release of the information what is the excuse they need more time apparently they need more time to get all of this information it is very frustrating and of course we have other questions like governor why didn't you use the facilities that were provided by the federal government to you including uh the mercy ship and the javits center and some of the makeshift hospitals that were put in place where taxpayers spent millions of dollars uh making these makeshift hospitals so that you could put coronavirus patients into these places instead of nursing homes, the most vulnerable areas. And at the beginning of this, Glenn, he was talking, he knew, he said, if we put uh, the virus in nursing homes, it would spread like dry grass. There is evidence of him saying that on the record. And so he knew, Um, but I've read things that are very interesting to me that he was getting whispers in his ear by some of his top hospital donors that the hospitals were saying, we cannot deal with all of these corona patients. We are not able to care for them like perhaps may a nursing home might. So maybe that's where we should put the coronavirus patients. So there's all sorts of interesting things that I think uh, an investigation might come up with. So so, because my next question was, why would he why would he do this? It was so clear. We the one thing we knew going into it is if you are elderly and sick or weak, you're done. We knew that. That's the one thing we knew as it was coming over. So he had to have. We, go ahead. No, we did know that. And since you know, I would say in the last several weeks, I've been doing a lot of these rallies with um, some of the families that are going through the same thing that I'm going to through our family. And I've talked to nursing care workers uh, and they have the same questions. And they were the ones that actually right away raised their hand, wrote documents saying, please do not do this. We are we are not equipped to take uh, COVID positive patients into our home. We don't have enough PPE. We can't separate them. This is going to be uh, this like fire through dry grass. All of these people, these experts knew. Why did the governor still put out an executive order forcing COVID positive patients into nursing homes, not for one, not for two weeks, but 46 days until finally he rescinded the order. And the other thing Stu knows very well is that if you go on uh, the health care website of New York, you cannot find that executive order anywhere. They have scrubbed it from the website. This country is becoming so dangerous. The the politician without a a free press, and I don't mean free as in I think CNN is free to report anything they want. They just choose differently. But uh, without a press that is actually trying to stand for the people, not for the institutions, not for the parties, not for the politicians, but for the people. We are so far off the reservation now of of a country that can even be free 
we're not even getting the news and they're scrubbing it and nobody cares. Well, you're right. Some of those places don't care. Thankfully, your, you know, the blaze is helping me with this. Fox News has helped me with this. The New York Post has been uh, doing some good investigative journalism. The, you know, the Wall Street Journal as well. There have been a couple of articles in the New York Times. Uh, but the problem is, and that's why I'm vocal, is because I am not seeing the mainstream media, uh, you know, ask these questions or demand accountability of their leaders. Uh, he really has been ruling with an iron fist. And every time he does get asked the question, he blames everybody else except the person that signed the order. He's blamed God and Mother Nature and the New York Post and Fox News and, he, and the nurse, the nursing care workers and the gosh. visitors. And by the way, I was never able to visit my loved ones. So I didn't have a chance to bring in COVID to the nursing home. And, and we and, and he has now gone to the tactic of saying, how dare you even ask? That is so hurtful to me to even playing the martyr on this. Right. He's actually said, how how cruel of you to, you know, put the blame on me. Um, and to see these interviews still to this day going around. I mean, he's published a book on his leadership that he continues uh, to publicize. And in my mind, he is profiting off the over 30,000 New Yorkers, including my in-laws that died by publishing a book on leadership of New York after he has helped really, uh, I mean, he his order has helped kill thousands of relatives of new york state and this is not political glenn this is not about republican or democrat my in-laws were were registered democrats this is not about politics this is about accountability for something that went wrong and it's because of your leadership that we're put into this situation you're listening to the best of the glenn beck program judge has ruled that Gavin Newsom has violated the state's constitution by unilaterally ordering that all registered voters be sent mail-in ballots. Now, this could play a role uh, in uh, the election in other states. If this continues, you, you, the constitution is extraordinarily clear. The legislature it oversees the election and only the legislature can change the laws. This is something that the uh, Trump administration was fighting fast and furious, if you will, uh, all throughout the end of summer and in fall. And in some cases, they won that case. I don't know why they didn't win in every case, but now in California. However, however, uh, the court also uh, ruled that there was good cause for permanent injunction restraining Gavin Newsom from isu- issuing any further unconstitutional orders that make new statutory law or legislative policy. Wow. So what that means is Gavin Newsom, all of the things that he has has done now, issuing 58 executive orders, changing over 400 laws unilaterally, 
keeping people locked in place at home has now been ruled unconstitutional. This is fantastic news. The judge rejected Newsom's argument that Section 8627 of the Emergency Services Act gives him autocratic powers. At least 24 of his executive orders rely on that section. The most damaging order, of course, was the uh, lockdown. Uh, Pacific, uh, the Pacific Legal Foundation's new lawsuit uses the same separation of powers argument over victory established as a successful legal theory. This color blinded or this color coded blueprint is complex in its mechanics and sweeping in its implications for businesses throughout the state. Business owners are left without a representative voice as the governor decides fundamental public policy for the state. This uh, continuing exercise of one man rule violates separation of powers because only the legislature is allowed to make these kinds of fundamental policy determinations under the California Constitution. This is a California judge. This is crazy. I mean, crazy good. Now, lawmakers up in Michigan are doing the same thing with Whitmer. Uh, State Representative Matt Maddock, uh, several of the Republican colleagues announced that they are seeking to hold impeachment hearings for Governor Whitmer in the State House of Representatives. They, uh, they posted this on Facebook over the weekend. They, uh, they listed several reasons why they say uh, Whitmer should be impeached and removed from office, including ignoring court orders, ignored during the process and the legislature. Uh, they uh, charge that she is using our kids as political pawns and denied special needs students who depend on the services that occur during in-person classes. Um, the Michigan Constitution empowers the state House of Representatives to impeach any civil officer for corrupt conduct in office or for crimes or misdemeanors. In a statement responding to the lawmakers, uh, Whitmer's office, listen to this. She said the governor doesn't have time for partisan politics or for people who don't wear masks. Unbelievable unbelievable you don't have time for partisan politics really (laughs) oh my gosh uh so that is happening in michigan and we are going to need every citizen on high alert because as many people found out do we have the justin trudeau uh audio from yesterday um as many people found out for the first time over the weekend the great reset is coming Uh, this is uh, something that was trending. Thank God. The great reset was trending on Sunday and it is the same great reset that we've been talking about for several months. And the police or the police, the uh, press has been ignoring. Here's what the prime minister of Canada said over the weekend. Building back better means getting support to the most vulnerable while maintaining our momentum on reaching the 2030 agenda for sustainable development and the SDGs. Canada is here to listen and to help. This pandemic has provided an opportunity for a reset. Mm. This is our chance to accelerate our pre-pandemic efforts to reimagine economic systems that actually address global challenges like extreme poverty, inequality, and climate change. There's a couple of things that he said there. First of all, he started with building back better. Have you noticed that building back better is behind the heads of prime ministers all over the world now? 
really weird. It's, it's really a weird. Terrible slogan. No, 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 no. It's as Build good and back. as catchy as me read good. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's a ridiculous <laughs> statement. It is a global statement now. Hmm. Build back better. <laughs> I've never heard anything so bad. And that's why it sticks out. But it's part now of the Great Reset. And when they talk about reimagining economic systems, they're talking about shareholder capitalism, which is the closest thing I could describe to shareholder capitalism is the system they have in communist China. No hyperbole. Or the system that Germany went to in the 1930s. No hyperbole. The elites at the World Economic Forum in June the United Nations, the International Monetary Fund, and dozens of other nonprofits and corporations met to discuss how they plan to use the coronavirus pandemic to push the reset button on the global economy. Many of the details are not hammered out yet until the, wheel, uh, the World Economic Forum meets again early next year. But they did lay out their broad outline, and it is terrifying. They want to impose a mountain of massive new government programs, including the Green New Deal, a jobs guaranteed and government controlled health care. But that is just the start. They also want to completely change the way businesses operate so that every corporation is coerced in becoming champions for left wing social justice causes. You want to know why Nike and everybody else is already on the bandwagon? Because they know what's coming. They want to create a new international digital currency that also could be used to displace the dollar as the world's reserve currency. That is going to be disastrous for everyone in America that has saved money. You remember I told you almost 20 years ago, there is no way to bring the United States level of success and monetary prowess up. You can't bring the rest of the world up to our standards which means they have to bring us down to everyone else's standards. And that is what this is all about in the name of social justice. Uh, by the way, uh, digital currency and international digital currency, that is going to uh, take the power, the economic power that we all have in the, uh, you know, with the invisible hand of the market. And it goes to a small number of bankers and international officials they will be able to control absolutely everything. And all of the elites now are pushing for the Great Reset. And they know that this, this movement would ordinarily be impossible to achieve because of countries like the United States. This is why Donald Trump could not win this election. They wanted to make sure he is not in office because he's the only one that would have stood against it. And that's why the pandemic is so important to the left. It's a big reason why so many left wing politicians are now again asking for giant shutdowns of our economies. Lori Lightfoot in Chicago issued a new stay at home advisory. Illinois threatening to shut down the entire state, according to the governor. Virginia, your governor, Ralph Northam, has increased restrictions on all indoor gatherings and many restaurants. The governors of California, Oregon, Washington are gearing up for the same thing. They are going to kill the small business, crush entrepreneurship, force all Americans to come crawling on their hands and knees to government for survival so they can reshape the entire world. 
as Prince Charles said, who's a great supporter of uh, the Great Reset, this is a golden opportunity to seize something good. We are in the earliest stages, but much darker days lie ahead if Joe Biden becomes our next president, because we have strong evidence Biden and his closest allies are all devoted to the Great Reset. It is it is important. It is vital to you and your children's freedom and economic freedom that you know about the Great Reset. Go directly to the World Economic Forum, their website. Uh, it's weforum.org slash great hash reset. But go to the sources. Read through the World Economic Forum's report on reforming the way all corporations are going to operate. It's called measuring stakeholder capitalism. Don't listen to people who are giving you conspiracy theories and don't spread anything from anyone else. Go to the source. It is vital we do it now. Na, na, na.